West Limerick 102, your community radio station. The following is the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 21st of October 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Shirley O'Regan and Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday night again, and a beautiful evening indeed it is. And I am now joined by three people tonight. We nearly had a crowd at one stage indeed. And Shirley O'Regan. And uh, Shirley, you're very welcome. It's nice to see a young face around here. Oh, well, I don't know if it's that young. <laughs> Shirley, of course, is well known here for presenting the exchange there on Monday and Friday. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I have a Tom. And also a very popular program every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, Oskelga. And of course, Shirley has been nominated in the shortlist for an award at the end of October for that particular program in, in Irish, and that's among the 32, 26 counties of community radio. Am I right in all that, Shirley? Yes, so we find out next Wednesday, so you still fingers crossed. And the ever-reliable Jerome Scanlon as well. And Jerome, you're very welcome. Thank you. He's, of course, a very popular independent county councillor. When I think of independent county councillors, why is that? Timing is good anywhere, lads, isn't it, now? <laughs> and I, somebody sent me one of these. There's great entertainment, folks, and listeners, of course, and... Uh, young lads or younger people or older people as well sending all these messages across. I should say, of course, you're tuned to West Limit 102 FM and this is Wednesday night. We're on live until 11 o'clock and I think I introduced them all except Tom Ryan and Tom is the ever-reliable, he's like the ever-ready right, ever batteries. He's always there if he needed. And Shirley O'Regan and Jerome Scanlon, Independent County Councillor. And somebody sent me this gadget that was on the television two days ago. Was it just the evening, I'd say? You probably saw it with the, the, the Nippet crowd of the health people with uh, Michal Martin and Leo Veracker and those people telling you about how things were going. Did you see that one yesterday evening, folks? And it, a little bit of Lysar was uh, Michal Martin, a bit of uh, his little bit of thing for And then he passed it over to. Leo Radker and Leo and Leo Radker said it's coming in uh, and uh, Wednesday midnight. That is uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night midnight. Wednesday night that is coming in. And then he looked at the sky and it was a uh, half a minute pause when he realised that midnight or Tuesday was not actually Wednesday night. It was Tuesday night. And then, after the half a minute, he paused. Well, it was quarter minute, but when you watch the television, it looks like two minutes. And he said, but he said, I always thought midnight was on the day. 
Then he picked up the glass to drink out of it, and the glass was empty. Now, it was a goggle box or something, I'm sure that they would make some program out of that. <laughs> now, Jerome, you, you, you're a staunch follower of the Fine Gael Party that elected the Overlapker. And I, I, in my young days, I was an active trade unionist and negotiator and all those type of things for many years. But if I had somebody like that inside of the meeting negotiating for me, who thought that Wednesday night, midnight, was actually Tuesday night, midnight, and who also thought, said, I always thought midnight was on the day. <laughs> well, midnight is the middle of the night. It's not on the day. That's like why it's midnight. Inside. So, can you, you know, you'll be familiar with the Fine Gael Party. You'll be better able to understand the thinking of that. Now, this is the leader of our country. So, couldn't the, get sorry, a simple. The, no, the deputy leader now. Just was Leo Varadkar had the problem with the. Well, he was the leader. The, he's still he's, he's leader of the Fine Gael Party. And the actual yes. leader, anyway. Sorry. Oh, he's been longer than Taoiseach, yeah, than Michal Martin. Can you could you follow that now? No, can you see it? no. I think the people running this country are, at the moment, they're punch drunk for some reason or other. Like, to pick up a an empty glass to take a sup of water from it seems extraordinary. But who didn't realise that midnight was night time? But sure, we all know midnight is the middle of the night, yeah. not the middle of the day. But he then thought that midnight on Wednesday was actually Tuesday night. <laughs> Mid <laughs> midnight on said. Wednesday is Thursday morning. Yeah. It's 12 a.m. It's, it's and 12, isn't that right? Am I, it no, is? it is not 12 a.m. So it, it is 12 p.m. No. Oh, one? No, you're Am I wrong? You're, you're I like wrong. Leo now you see, so <laughs> you're confusing yourself now. <laughs> Forgive <laughs> Leo Varadkar. <laughs> we have now, got, me last our, we have now got ourselves tied <laughs> up in that. It is 12 p.m. 12 p.m. is midday. Are you sure? 100% certain. <laughs> I've been zero, around for zero, zero, one, almost 70 zero, years, zero, Pat, and it didn't one thing change. I'm, one thing I'm certain sure of anywhere that midnight is on the night. Oh, yes, midnight is the middle of the night. We know the, that. It's not belong to the following night. But midnight is a.m. Because it's the first minute of the new day. But that's over midnight. It's gone past midnight then. Midnight is 12 o'clock, but midnight... 01 is the first minute of the new day, or 001 for a I fraction think folks, of... I think, folks, the jury is out on that there's one. A, there's a, a very beautiful piece of traditional music <laughs> called Midnight and the Water. I think there's a water. Put, it, put, them on, put them on a boat. <laughs> once, once we don't arrive with mi uh, murder on the Midnight Express, <laughs> Express we'll be all right. Did you see that one, Shirley, on the nose yesterday evening? I didn't. I missed it last evening. Yeah. It's worth a look at this flying around. Do you see it, Tom, or here we were sitting on? Oh, thank God. It's unbelie no. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pat, you're confused enough. Yeah. Do you want the rest of us confused as well by watching the news to, to try and work out when yes, midday and indeed. midnight come? Yes, indeed. Now, uh, looking at the papers there, I saw that um, um, uh, family of a man 92 received 165,000 over hospital failings. That's a couple of times every week. We usually have a lot of... Uh, Pat, it's very easy to pay out public money. And this is probably more interesting, really. There are little snippets, surely, to warm it up, you know, warm up the night. A couple who got into financial difficulties after the collapse of the construction industry over a decade ago have debts of 3.1 million written off. Now, you're a financial guru, expert, you might explain if you can someone give somebody okay. 3.1 million and then write it all off. It's because, they, the no, way you go. because they had no way of paying it back. 
And uh, that's the simple answer to that. So that's why that was written off. And that is half the problem. We've had this discussion before, Pat. If you lend money to to somebody, you're exposed until the day you get it back, unless you have collateral for it. They obviously didn't have it. Now, Shirley, comment on those comments. i got to run off and borrow loads of money. (laughs) Get yeah. it written off. It would <laughs> seem like you've got to borrow plenty and you have a good chance of being written yeah, well, off. If you, bo- if you borrow excessively, then people will know you definitely can't pay it back. As so a man here in Newcastle West said, when he borrowed enough, if I borrow a small amount, I worry about it. Borrow a big amount and the bank manager will be worrying about it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the, 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 one of the first principles when one was trained as a lender, which I was, was that your number one duty was to protect the customer from the customer, him or herself. In other words, you didn't give them money that you knew they were unlikely to be able to pay you back. That changed when they, when they gave you big commissions. Uh, when they decided to retail uh, loans as though to sugar they were selling rather than, uh, than cash. Now, Tom, we got around to you eventually. Well, I mean, I don't see anything unusual about writing off 3.1 I mean, million because for the simple reason they've been doing that, they've been writing off hundreds of millions, I mean, for the developers for the last 20 years. And uh, that, that was one of the reasons of the financial collapse. Uh, didn't the banks, the way they lend recklessly, the way they were allowed to, to lend recklessly, and the way they, our auditors and accountants and these so-called professionals, people that are there to defend and, and for to protect our our economy, and who are who are licensed and sworn to, for to do their job, didn't do their job. So this we have had this this debate pass over and over again and you know it's still raising its head 3.1 I mean million it's small it's small change now in comparison to what has happened here to, to all developers chances gangsters crooks that's all they were and they, they, they took money and they got money and nobody ever ever there was no consequence that only the taxpayer and uh, the actual exchequer and they paid the price and will pay it for a long time and, and, and we're blaming Europe we were lucky to have Europe, and we were lucky to have the, 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 uh, the International Monetary Fund as well. But Jerome, the bank officials did very <coughs> well out of it now, Thomas, and uh, they didn't uh, normally represent uh, uh, bank officials uh, became uh, millionaires out of it. I would, take so, I would take a certain amount of exception to that, Pat. <laughs> the ones, the high-paid high people were. The ordinary people, the ordinary bankers took the abuse, they took God knows what, and they were treated very, very shabbily. Quite a lot of them were made redundant as a consequence of it, Pat. The low-paid people in the bank were not looked after. The people on the high executive salaries were those that cashed in, and we had an organisation that was run. The chief executive of both Bank of Ireland and AIB were... Uh, legal people, the chairpersons, Mr. Burroughs and Mr. Gleeson. And a, a gentleman in London in 1987 predicted when uh, the accountancy profession were running the banking system, they'll make a mess of it. But see what will happen? We'll be sued and then we'll be run by the legal profession. And that was precisely what happened. And the two gurus that ran those banks were legal eagles, had no experience in the wide earthly of lending or how the lending system worked or indeed about cyberspace when there were uh, block selling loans in the markets. Now thanks Jerome and that you're shown to county views on Westlamic 102 FM on this Wednesday night going out live until 11 o'clock 
and if you want to call in or text in or 0696600 and 0871669800 and I send best best wishes to Dick Lanigan and my apologies I had a duplication of booking this evening but we had a crowd turning up and only three would fit on the chairs but five or six wouldn't fit so my apologies there Dick for a, a, a double booking and I'm sure many hotels would love if they had only double bookings at these particular times when they have no booking only cancellation so Dick hopefully will be with us on next Wednesday night and also to John Harold, we must send John best wishes on his way back to Brewery. And he does an absolutely wonderful, wonderful program. And Monday night's last program there was absolutely a super performance with Marty Robbins and the story of El Paso, which was a trilogy, I think, to call that, John. And it was very, very wonderful research and a man of huge knowledge. And back up to this one again, Giorgio Dollard. 25 years missing uh, is one part of the topic for discussion. As many people will know, I was quite uh, involved with Georgia Dollar's sister Mary. She was with us here on this radio station in Nakfirna, and also she died away two, passed away two years ago. Sadly, I'm very, very sorry to hear that at the time I was at the funeral indeed, and her brother-in-law Martin said that at that time they were taking the case to Europe due to a lot of parts, much of the investigation that they were very unhappy with. So as people would have heard and seen the news that um, it is now declared a murder scene, that are not seen, there's no scene sadly, but they're treating it now as, as a murder case. And, of course, when many people will have seen Mary feel and her sister, and she was literally warned she died at the age of 67, as I said, two years ago. She gave her life involved with the missing people and that some special unit would be set up and also was involved with many of the other missing cases of people from Tullamore and the six women all around that Leinster area. And I, I always thought when I'd be at hurling matches or different games like that, and you see Gardy coming out your ears literally at every pinpoint, and that a proper searches weren't made for those missing people. As many people will know that a dog finds a bit of a bone or a dog finds something walking or somebody finds something. And we've discussed it, Tom and myself here over the years, missing people that are found literally a year later, one hanging above in a tree that no, nobody looked up, another one behind a skip, a skip found behind that six months later when it moved, another lady in Wicklow, she left the nursing home, walked across the road, fell in over the wall, she was found I think 12 months later. So sadly the searches were poor, but anyway it is wonderful news now that it's been upgraded. Jerome. It should have been a murder case 25 years ago in my view, not now. Uh, like it's, uh, my heart goes out to her family. Terrible, yeah. What they've been through, yeah. through all those years, and no answers. Now, unfortunately, we could end up and we may have no answers. Uh, but at least, in my opinion, uh, that should have been treated as murder. Like, they all knew that lady well enough to know she wasn't going to vanish into thin air without making contact with somebody. So somebody had to harm her. Shirley? No, I agree. I agree with Jerome. Like, you know, if, if you know somebody has no intention or need to go missing, then it, sh it should have been upgraded to a murder case much sooner. 
was obviously she wasn't if she was coming towards Kilkenny and stopped at Moon at a, after eleven o'clock at night, she wasn't going anywhere else. Only to, like, it's extraordinary that the last they've heard of anybody seems to have heard of her was a friend when she was speaking to her from the telephone mm-hmm. box because that's where we were in those days, and somebody was purported to have stopped and she the last words from her I have a lift. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, it's a very sad case, and you know when you put the other missing women as well, and uh, and actually the, the you know it's a, it was a real <coughs> a real black time in Ireland, you know, like in, in the case of missing women, and um, I to be honest about it, uh, Jerome, as you have so rightly said, it was it should have been. I I couldn't understand why it wasn't declared. I mean, a, a missing person can only. That status can only stand for a certain length of time, you know. After that, we say, like, if you look at the facts of the matter, like, in the whole lot, there definitely had to be a lot of, um, a lot of things overlooked in the investigation. And it's going to be very difficult now to resurrect. There were a lot of rumours at the time, an awful lot of finger-pointing and all that. But, you know, all that is okay, but it doesn't stand up. It doesn't, it can't be backed up. And that has happened, we say, with that printable, is it printable? printable, that that woman in Tullamore as well that was pregnant. And uh, that was a shocking situation as well. She's never been found, you know. And uh, her family are left there to, to really fade away, you know. And this is awful, you know. This is, you know, you'd wonder how any would actually do a thing like that but it's happened and you know the fact that he's been resurrected now he's going to raise the whole issue again for the family and they have certainly gone through enough they've gone through a lot of false dawns and I'm very sorry for him. Yeah <coughs> as I said I'm very very familiar with it because I have been quite involved with the family on different radio programs over the years and of course they were very very disgusted at the manner that the investigation took at the time and um, I'm being careful in what I say as well and Tony Stockwell and his team of psychics some people might see those programs usually on some BBC channel and they did um, investigated the case it was on BBC a few times and they're still doing programs they're still even the other night I saw, saw the man as well and uh, Mary Field and her husband said, on the radio here with us as well, of course, that they just couldn't believe the psychics, what they could tell them. <coughs> they had a brother and he died of a heart attack. He was in the army some years before that, I think, or maybe it was in, in between the time. It was before the programme was done, but it was after George had been missing. And they were able to say that you had a member in the family, he was in uniform in the army and so forth. And they, they told them just, they, Mary said they couldn't believe the detailed information that these people were able to give. And they came all the way to Ireland and they followed the track and they came to a particular site location and they point out she's buried in there. And, which was in line with the thinking or the belief at the time of the family, but nothing happened from that anyway. So now, ho- hopefully, as you said at the outset, Jerome, it's amazing now, 25 years after, like. Mm. Well, and the, they're looking for... Uh, the key 
the key thing the to musical the piece, what's it called? That can you t- t- play music into uh, the time? Her silent, her oh, radio system. Walkman, yeah. Walkman, Walkman yeah, yeah. yeah. They have that up now. They're looking for that 25 years like, later. Like You'd ask, you'd have to ask the question. The, the friend that has made the statement, I presume that statement was made right at the outset. And one would say, if it was made at the outset, the a car obviously picked her up. It had to be the case. And if they couldn't locate the driver of that car or that person didn't come forward, surely they had a suspect even at that point in terms of murder. Would you not agree? Yeah. Um, but you see, when you look at that, Jerome, what real difference would it have made? I mean, when when the original, like it was, it had to be treated as as, as a murder case. That's the point. Yeah. Even the fact that there was it was named as a murder case, but sure, anyone with any kind of a brain would say, would say in the police force, experienced yeah. police force, and at the time when when other I mean women were missing as well, would say, look, this is a murder case, and if the same, I mean, if the incompetence was was there at that time, I mean, maybe. Maybe it was more than incompetence, you see, you don't know. And are they, I mean, these cold cases, when they're, when they're reopened, uh, I don't think there has been a whole lot of success with them. It's a huge, you see, it is, I think that, that, that this now could be put down maybe as a propaganda exercise as well, that we are looking at all these cases. Now, that's going to take up an awful lot of guard time, <coughs> seeing a detective time and superintendents and inspectors and all that. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying I, I'd be all for it happening, but... Isn't it, well, it, unless, there's, they have, unless they have sufficient new evidence, then it's a waste of time. I wouldn't disagree with you. That should have happened then, not now. Yeah, John McGuinness um, did a lot of question, asking a lot of questions at a particular time yeah. on their behalf. And as I said, they weren't happy with the, I think Tom kind of hit the nail in the head there with his comments about it, the, the, the manner in which the investigation took place and so forth, you know. Shirley? Well, I mean, as Tom said, you know, if they, if they hadn't done it sooner, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously difficult to the point of impossibility now. It's much easier to find something after one year or five years than 25 years. Asking people who heard about 25 you know. years ago is a bit... <laughs> You know. Difficult. Now, the other part of that one is, and hopefully, 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 that there will be a successful conclusion because if you're only missing a dog or an animal, you'd stay up all night, many a night, mm-hmm. looking for them and all kinds of searches. The other part of that was during that press conference which took place in County Kildare yesterday, a guard awaiting a COVID result took part in the press conference, and later that day, I believe, he got the result as positive. That to me is shocking. It was, it was very negligent now. Yeah. I mean, by the authorities and by the guard, you know. There's no doubt about yeah. that, you know. I would have said, you know, he should not have been there if he if he knew. he. Of course he knew he was tested the previous day. Uh, now, I have met people that were tested, that had tests, one in particular, and she told me she definitely did. She knew she didn't have it. She went into the hospital for a procedure uh, last Monday week. I, I've a very, very necessary procedure. They took her temperature, they tested her for COVID and sent her home. Now, she, she, I got a text from her two days later saying, as I, was, as I knew, I didn't have COVID because the lady hadn't been anywhere, I won't say what part. She lives in a very remote place and she hadn't been anywhere in weeks. But yet, she was tested and you well. 
comment. I suppose the test of going into the hospital, did it? Well, I, she she did say, admit that she'd got wet, and that was the only reason her temperature might be. She was out in the yard or something, and there was rain. And did they call her back in again? Did no, no, days later? this woman is suffering severely. She's still a bit. Was she called in to get the procedure done? No, no, no. But did she go in for the day she went in? She, sorry, she went in to have a cornea replacement, which is a very significant operation. Did that take right. place? No, no, and the woman is in agony. But that's what I'm saying to you. She went in to get it done. She went in to get it done. And because they tested because her for they, the COVID they, in her home. They relied a temperature. Yeah. So they tested her for COVID in her home. And God knows and hoping she'll be called back in again. Well, the woman is suffering. She's really in agony with this problem. The guard who stood in the press conference with those people... Oh, it's ridiculous. Kenny and everywhere else. And he's obviously, he was obviously SP, uh, high up the line. He wasn't an ordinary Joseph Vergard if he was but in the... you see, this is part of what's wrong. That's been wrong here since the 29th of June in particular. Like, there was a, one individual who had been tested for COVID and went to a party that night. And uh, infected, I don't know how many. 57, I think they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Went to a party. Like, if one has... It was in County Limerick. Yes, yes it was in the eastern part of the, the country. eastern part of the country, yeah, county, yeah. County. yeah. And it's, it, you know, it, it, it affected a very significant number of people, including a, a GA team. I mean, why why would you do that? You know, and and why is it all of the people we're hearing doing such irresponsible things are people who are in positions of responsibility? You know, it's it's When he did do it, what do you think should have been done about it? Because... I'm looking for your opinion, oh, not mine. Oh, obviously, there, there needs to be sanctions. I mean, if you know, if we're looking at the the whole affair in Clifton and the sanctions after that, well, why why is he any different? You know. Tom, are the lunatics running the asylum? <laughs> well, you know, I I, I I thought about that and, and I read it and, and it got highlighted. You know, and it is hard to it is hard to kind of understand this happening even. You know. I mean, especially by member, by a member of the RD who are supposed to be like looking after the, the, this situation indirectly, and uh, I mean, I couldn't find an answer. I mean, what, what, what can you do with him? What, I mean, he can't be suspended. I don't think he deserves suspension. He, he was doing his job, but it was pure. I, I'd say maybe. I would give him the benefits of the doubt and say it was an accident that he, he slipped up. I don't think he went, that he went, no, and I don't know anything about the man or anything. And, and I read about it and I said, God, you know, he hardly ever did that to Dante. He must have just made it to the only, I believe, a kind of a slip up or something. That's what I think now, Pat. I, I, wouldn't, be, I, think, I wouldn't be hard and fast about it, no, to be honest um, about it. I think it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It is. We're shouting yeah. at Tom, Dick and Harry and the young yeah. ones. They're not obeying the law. They're not doing this. Yeah. Right, not under. And here is See, a member of the force, a highest placed member of the force, who's supposed to be implementing the law or the regulations with no laws, and he does that. Civic responsibility is a major, there's a major deficit there. And that is part of why we're back for the second time. Uh, being restricted. We've had the politicians, and, and said, we had yeah, the leaders uh, about fault, yeah. or whatever they're called nowadays, every bloody one of them and did the what sad, they liked. And the sad thing about this is, it's the compliant that will continue to suffer, because those of us, hopefully we're doing things fairly correctly, those of us that have been doing things right for the past six months, will continue to do so. And I'd have question marks over what might happen with those that were not, not compliant. Shirley, how can they expect the ordinary Joe Soap to 
complied but with these guidelines like, when, when all the leading members of our society yeah. and law enforcers, politicians, they're doing what they like. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you want people to follow, you should lead as you expect them to follow, which obviously they're not doing, you know. And they blame, as you say, they blame the house parties, they blame the students, they blame everything but themselves. You know? well, the point about him, sorry, Jerome. No, no, you see, from the from the outset here, I mean, we've covered the uh, the, from the, the, the the very outset, Pat. We've given it a lot of coverage and a lot of encouragement to people as well. I don't think there was a negative. The only man that got a bit hot under the collar here was uh, was Kiran and uh, about and he was given the Sinn Féin version of it. But to be honest about it, like I mean, this program has been very, has been very proactive in in advising and and telling people, you know, and and letting people know what the, what the consequences are. And we our, our our like, you see, it's become a political kind of football now, and that's an absolute disgrace. I mean, I I'm shocked about. That, that development was coming anywhere. And to be honest about it, you see, what we're doing is here in this country at the moment, now we're blaming everyone. I mean, everyone's to blame except ourselves. I mean, this virus now is in the community. Okay, it was handled badly early on with Cheltenham and with the, with the Italian supporters and with people coming into the country. It was, we didn't do what they did in Israel, but Israel now is right, in the right mess altogether with it. We didn't do what they did in, what, in New Zealand, it's been caught for all but New Zealand is a different setup altogether than here. Like, there is no, there is, you haven't the interaction with people, you haven't the, you haven't the land borders, you have nothing like that that we have here. But the people you see here, and the decision-making was very poor. Even up to last night, I mean, to have the, the, the fact that they couldn't say, look, a shutdown is a shutdown. There'll be no more hurling, football or rugby matches. We can do without that for six weeks. There were, and, and you see, and this is the situation of what has happened. I mean, our, our, we, there's a fear factor by our government. Why? Because they're afraid of the opposition. Mary Lou's on her feet all day. All she wants is money for her, her supporters and make sure that they have that they're full that, that they're full and plenty. They have no solutions. And you have Labour Party the same way. Does you I mean Kelly now he was in language which is very strong, I think, at the moment. And now it's become a political football. But the people are themselves are to blame for this. Nobody else. We now, can't blame uh, 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 There's a famous thing just on what Tom has said there. There was a famous old idiom in the Irish language, Cúat fein aha, which means it's up to yourself, you decide. And people, in my view, have to be brought round to the point where they have to make a decision, it's either comply or die at this point, it's are very close on that. Wednesday night, you're tuned to County Views on Wesley Mick 102 FM. My name is Pat O'Donovan. I'm joined tonight by Jerome Scanlon. Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan and of course the ever reliable Jason Smith on the desk there taking all your messages and I have a message in here level 5 restrictions uh, are coming in at midnight Wednesday which is tonight it is spelled out first time going into Thursday Leo Varadkar thought it was Tuesday going into Wednesday 
it was on Googlebox. So I'm sure you keep an eye out for Googlebox and you'll get one good laugh out of that one. It is 10 o'clock and we'll go to the other box over there for advertising and we'll be back to you shortly. And as I said, you're tuned live on this Wednesday night if you want to call in 0696600 and 0871669800. And of course, I'm sure many people are tuned to the television tonight with the Terence McSweeney piece, which probably be over shortly. So I'm sure Jason will get busy from half 10 to 11. And I understand, Jason, you might correct me if I'm wrong, that this program is going out tonight will be repeated on Thursday at half past 11 to 1 o'clock. He's not familiar with it, he says, so probably it will be the following week. So if Jason isn't, so probably by the sound of the way he's sticking his fingers up at me, it looks like it will be tomorrow night, Thursday, repeat. Yes, and on next week, then hopefully it will be going out at half past 11 on a Thursday until 1 o'clock. And we also expect we will be continuing on our Wednesday nights as well. I think we come under the essential service category for radio broadcasting. So Tom will be giving a pass and anybody around a bit of a distance out will be given a special letter of stating they can come. As we feel the station here ourselves and Tom, that a program like this, I know we have an awful lot of listeners from the messages we get in and the comments we pick up here and there around the countryside. It's important at this particular time really when people are locked up or locked in or locked down that we try to keep you either bored or maybe cheer you up or at least get you thinking on something different other than the virus anyway so hopefully we don't get buried in it ourselves tonight so back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD you are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 21st of October 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Shirley O'Regan and Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. And... We have a message in here from John Inard. Congratulations to Pat O'Donovan, winner of National Heritage Week, National Awards for Limerick for his virtual tour of Nakfirna. And it, it, what can you say that? And Shelley, you, you can comment on that. You're more familiar. I, I did the walking and the talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, congratulations. You, you, you won yesterday. The, the for Limerick City and County. Yeah. The, it's the Heritage Week. National uh, Awards. National Awards. So... And the, the the video, I should say, the video is on YouTube, so you can watch it. Anyone can watch it if you go on YouTube and just just type in "Knock Fear" in a virtual tour, it'll pop up. You're well done, Pat. Congratulations. Thanks, Tom. It's yes, a good, it's a great acknowledgement, and that's you're at it. You've been soldiering a long time. Yeah, it's great to be acknowledged at the end of the day. You know, it's great to be kind of yeah. in the top thirty of over 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 eight hundred and fifty projects. It's oh, it's mighty. Well, 
Crapless. Well, you've worked very hard at it all your life, so well, it's a great honour. Yeah, very well done. Yeah. And it's, you know, it just uh, shows how you've contributed to our local heritage around here. Because that's you know. And I did important. my bit, and the cameraman did his bit, and I said to Shirley, if I know there was a prize going or something, I'd have put a bit of an effort into it. Yeah. I didn't know that thing existed. Oh, we wouldn't have uh, had done as good in you'd be under pressure. <laughs> no, no, no. Those <laughs> things like, like before a match. Those, those, uh, the, <laughs> the when those, we got you. When they come across naturally, they're often best. Yeah. I rang the cameraman to the lovely fine staff, and I said. <laughs> Are you available? We'll do that. And just went over in the morning if I was walking down the hill. But the place wasn't as prepared or as cleared as it could have been. So there was a lot of things that could have been better on it, you know. But we just did it in the morning if we were walking, so it came as a surprise. But I, I thank Shirley for her pushing me to do it. Because I leave most things, I am quite busy at times at the last minute, and she also put it up on the systems to get Superb. it registered, well otherwise done. it wouldn't have been there. So. Well done to both of you. Now... And can the panel please discuss the latest COVID-19 measures level 5 to come into effect from midnight tonight? Will we ever get away with this for sale cure from a dare? Can we give it five minutes maybe? Mm. Well covered. Well, personally, I think they're necessary. But we need to get to certain cohorts of the population because if, if we don't and if the government don't succeed in some sort of publicity campaign, you see, we can have all the conversations here that we like in, in terms of covid <coughs> But those that probably need to listen most are not listeners to us. It's really social media and social media driven and those that follow social media that need to uh, smell the coffee, for want of a better way of putting it. Uh, like somebody told me today, and it was in your county, this I, I understand happened, uh, as a consequence of uh, a victory in a GA match, um, some group of people went around a pub with a cup and they drank out of this. And I think about eight people may have tested positive for COVID as a consequence. Shirley. You see? Well, I think the measures are necessary, as Jerome said, but I think the measures were necessary two weeks ago. Like, I, I think we've waited too long. And as you say, the people who aren't listening still aren't listening. You know, we, we sit here as compliant people, you know, who are worried about this. And the people who aren't worried still aren't worried. I think you still see people going around with no masks on people who have no regard for social distancing, you know, and the house parties will continue because I mean, yes, we have we have fines, apparently, but also the guard that you haven't been given extra powers to impose them yet. So I don't know. It's difficult. Um, yeah, I think it's a shocking situation that we've reached this. I mean, that, uh, you know, due to non-compliance by the people themselves. You know, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're blaming Neffet, we're blaming the government, we're blaming the hospitals, we're blaming... And every and, and this is this is our, our way of working in this country, like, as well. This isn't... We hadn't waited, you know, for... Whatever kind of a nation of people we are, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't figure it out and I'm around a long time. And, and I'd be a, stu a student of behaviour. But, I mean, how people are continuing to... And, and you know, I'm sure they say, mentioned young people. Are young people have an awful lot of... They have an awful lot of questions answered here. And I think myself, to be honest about it, like, they've got off lightly. I mean, they're well... They're well treated. They're well looked after. They're well educated, and and, and if we have to be have a special c 
kind of a, a line of communication, Tom, well, we failed in our, totally in our objective t- objectivity in order to, for, to make the case. And to be honest about it, like I passed, I passed through there tonight coming back here. And outside an establishment there, there were surely 30 people altogether just sitting on, sitting on tables. <coughs> now, that's, I mean, if that's, if that's an example of, of, of this, this rule and regulation and protocol that are coming in tonight, I mean, aren't we at a lost cause? And the one thing about it was, and Pat, we said it here long, an awful long time, this is a deadly disease. Three people died today, was it 13 yesterday? I mean, it's some death like to get. I mean, and we're ignoring that. The, the illness itself has serious consequences. That's not been pointed out enough. And and I said a month, even two or three months ago here, I read an article by a, by a doctor in a hospital in, in London, and she explained it graphically like, and it was the first time I had really, she said, this is a terrible death. And she said to people and her, her heart was broke, her whole, her whole, like, life had changed as a result of this every day, facing this, coming into hospital, coming to work. And that's what's going to happen now. Our hospitals are going to get overcrowded, our ICUs won't be able to cope, and then we'll blame the government, we'll blame Leo, we'll blame Michal Martin, and Mary look and say, look, here to blame the testing, the tracing, and all this, they're firing all this across the, the actual thing. When really and truly what they've been saying is to their supporters, and they know who they are like, stop your partying, close down the, I mean, the, the, the off licenses, and let's get down to this for one six weeks and see how it works. Hello, Pat. A secondary school near the Limerick border in County Kerry has reopened after the school was closed following a number of COVID-19 cases were identified at the school. In addition to a significant breadth of close contacts on campus, the principal of Talbot Comprehensive School wrote to parents and guardians on October 19th that the school was to close until November the 2nd due to an alarming increase in the number of positive cases in West Limerick and North Kerry and the failure by some to inform school authorities that their families had tested positive. However, the decision to close the school was overruled by the Department of Education Parents were informed the following days. They, the principal, Richard Prendival, wrote to parents and guardians outlining the severity of the situation in which seven cases were confirmed at the school spanning three separate years. Uh, Pat Hayes from Talbot, a concerned parent. Pat, we'll be thankful for giving your full name and address. And we've asked people in the past, if you're writing in, whether, whatever you're saying to us or about us, whatever, at least there's four of us here tonight, what we're saying, we're standing with our name behind it. And it's easy for people to pass comments and only give us initials and all kinds of stuff. So full names and address, it would be nice. Uh, that's when I heard it on radio this evening again, the Talbot, that they have now been instructed by the department to reopen forthwith. Well, I don't agree with the department. If the principal of a school makes a decision, then that should be stood over, in my view. And it, that man obviously knew what he was doing. And think of the repercussions, if, uh, as w- could be the case. Uh, he knew where these hubs were, or where these so- sources of, of uh, COVID were. And if, that, uh, if the virus spreads further within that school, who is accountable? At the end of the day, we should, Pat, in my view, have freedom to manage. And if, if, if uh, somebody running a business, be it a school or whatever, decides that there is a risk, then respond to the risk. 
And that's what the principal at that school was doing. And in my view, he was dead right to do what he did. And quite a few of the parents that I've heard interviewed on, on that topic agreed. And they hadn't, in a lot of cases, allowed their children back to that school. Charlotte? Well, sure, each school is different, each community is different. I mean, why, why have principals if we don't allow them to, to manage you know, their school as they see fit? Yeah, well, sure, for the last three weeks or nearly a month now since the schools reopened, we've been listening to the to the politicians and to the never team praising the school principals, board of management and, um, you know, the parents for the success of the reopening of the schools. So I would agree with Shelley and certainly agree with Jerome as well that, that the actual, that this is a this is a very bad decision by the Department of Health. Uh, an outrageous decision in my book, you know, that, that, uh, that they should... It's they, effectively that, taking yeah. agency away from the principal and why why appoint him if... if of course, if and, and, and it's taking away his responsibility as well and, and his you know, and it's really sending out a very poor message now because this is a kind of this is a bullying a bullying kind of an exercise in my book now because yeah. what are other, what are other, that means that other principals are, might be a bit reluctant now to carry out the same and and it's Jerome you hit the nail in the head while ago just in what you said there I mean management we had we had all this in the meat factories where the management totally disregarded their responsibility towards their workforce and towards the public and towards the, the, the health of the country when they ignored and when they, when they when there was outbreaks in the meat plants very very serious outbreaks up in Kildare and we saw the effects of all that awfully, mm. awfully and, leash. And, and leash and we saw and I, I'd say and we, could have, we went to Cork as well and Watford and we went down to the, to the, to the meat plants there and we saw that the irresponsible management there and by multi-billionaire owners who, who weren't prepared to actually protect the workers, not with, the, with their PPE, you know, or, or, or with their wages. Distancing. They wouldn't pay them sick. Disgraceful, outrageous behaviour. And this is, this. I, I, I would nearly align that to what's happening in Tabard. God forbid, if the matter were to get worse, wasn't the man that made the decision to close the school going to feel badly about it, having uh, lost the battle with regard to the decision he made? Of course he was, and not alone that, but he, but they had agreed, to, uh, he had agreed to, to reopen the school. It's the second of November, was it? That's a, that's right. So, yes. so like, I think that was a very reasonable, a very a very a, a good management decision. And and at the end of the day, he, he had he just he didn't close the book. He said we'll go again. And that school is going to be closed next week with Terra Mini anyway. So we're only talking about three or four days. Yeah. And he's effectively being penalised for for you know trying to to manage the situation well. You know, when he knows the situation more than the people who were overruling Of course, him. Yeah. And, and sure concern for the other yeah. students and for, the, and for their families and was able to pinpoint I, the, I mean, the, the actual hotspots of the virus, where it came from and everything. And I think it was an absolute... And I, I can't understand a minister now. That it wasn't the decision of the minister, seemingly, but surely it, it would have been... I mean, she's actually she, local She PD stood over well. it on radio this morning. Oh, did she? I didn't know. I, is that yeah. right? No, I, yeah. I didn't know that. Like, no. Now, in fairness, she didn't. But to yeah. me, the department were demonising that yes. man. Yes. Oh, it was, by it was overturning shocking. The, uh, a shocking decision. A vital yeah. decision in and life. If that is 
if she's the rover now, I mean, I, I, you have to assure me I didn't hear, I didn't hear a lot of radio today, no, because I was busy all day yeah. and I, I wasn't uh, able. But I, I definitely, if she's the rover, she definitely then, agreed that's to the decision. And she's a local, she's not alone, she minister, she's a local TD as well, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. which I, yeah. which really shouldn't come into in, into the thing at all. No, if she represented yeah. Donegal, yeah, it would still yeah. be the same in my book. <coughs> Pat, I agree the hurling and football championship should have been cancelled even a poll taken by the players same wished it didn't go ahead Pat Noon I think I know Pat from our young days in the GA around West Limerick indeed Jerome and the GA going ahead matches. well maybe the inter- maybe the provincial the main matches county. the county matches but none of the uh, lower grade matches should proceed in my view because that's where the celebrations are if i do think that you've got to try and give people some little bit of hope and if you do have those main matches and if you have your horse racing that you can watch with a it isn't virtual racing, but you have horse racing and dog racing that people can watch from the comfort of their own homes. They do need some sort of sporting or social outlet, and I would be in favour of uh, the, the both the championships going ahead. The only difficulty is, will they be complete? Because some of the teams, may not, sorry, some of the counties may not be able to field a team. Shirley, I think it's the county ones now that are going ahead, uh, inter-county and uh, club games are gone, yeah. But it, again, it's Even not that. the matches, it's the celebrations. You know, the, the, it's, it's people, people being silly and irresponsible. You know, there's nothing wrong with matches, as Jerome says. People need things to watch, things to do, you know, things to, to focus on, you know, so that we're not constantly watching the news and constantly focusing on the misery. But, you know, the celebrations... You know the the unnecessary nonsense after the matches, around the matches. Like we don't need that, and surely people should have enough sense <coughs> not to engage in it. Then. Well, Pat, I'm back on the mail this Saturday anyway, just for our listeners to, if they want to burn the mail right here or in, in protest. Of course, is a correspondent on the yes. mail every yeah. Saturday. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm writing on the subject now and as, as well as the matches. I, I'm totally opposed to, to, the, to the, the championships and what happened last Sunday in the football and uh, where you had people, where you had Kelly players driving in a car there up the Linton Breath of Ireland. I mean, this is a nonsense. Like, and it's you see, there there are as well. And and Shirley has hit the nail on the head. Now we'll come to in a second. Sorry if I want to be a bit long-winded about this, but I want to explain my position about this. You see, it's been sold now as being by the powers that be, the media, who are being who are highly paid for being for their involvement. Select group of people around the country in RTE, in the media and in the printed media as well, who are who have vested interests. I mean Colmore now say like is a huge has a huge say he's a school principal up in Navan, I think, in, in County Meat, and he's a spokesman for him now as well. They have they, they have drafted I we have very little comment from the GA themselves. John Horton wanted to close the show down, which he should have done because we're an amateur organization and I'm saying we I'm a member, I've been there all my life and I know the ins and outs of it. And I want to cover Shirley's point in a second now and just give me a few minutes that you don't want to be for the for to hold the microphone writing. But you see, we are an amateur organization. 
They have closed down all club activity, rightly so, because of the blackguardism by imbeciles who couldn't conduct themselves and who are still not able to conduct themselves, even when they're beaten. And that, that has referred even to some of the county matches that have been played at under 20 level already in our neighbouring counties here around. I'm reliably informed of the behaviour of teams who are beaten. I mind it. I'm the crowd at one. But... The actual, uh, you see, what has happened is that you have, I mean, here a situation about, I mean, celebrations and all this. And it's been so now as people's mental health. Well, Pat, since the programme started, and I'm not a young man anymore, but I have always had an interest in mental health. And I have never heard so many people talking about mental health. It's an awful pity that that we didn't focus our activity and, uh, and, and our our, our thoughts on mental health for the past 40 or 50 years. Notice it's it's been quoted as, oh, people will be very badly affected, their mental health will be affected because they, they can't watch hurling. They can watch hurling next year to help a guy. Football as well and soccer and rugby, the same thing. They should, they have, they have, when the shutdown came, they should have said, look, this is a shutdown, not a partial shutdown. This and that and the other thing, and this flies out, and they're all on Joe Duffy, and they're all here every day making a case for themselves, and they're saying, should the GA can go ahead and play their matches? I mean, it's reckless, that's what it is. Absolutely reckless. And the fact that Shirley has mentioned here, you see, the fact that there's no one at the matches means nothing because there's parties and houses celebrating. Drinks being brought in from the off licenses and B2, you make me play next Sunday. There's no doubt about it. There'll be parties all over the place. I mean, like, and, and, and there'll, be, there'll be fellas like, come on, I, I know already there has been parties in, in matches. Fellas came out, filler houses, out in main roads to walk home. They're, they're lucky they weren't killed. I mean, you know. So, I mean, there's nonsense being spoken. There's a big case being made, but the case is being made by people who are being paid and getting good money out of it. And the victims here are the players. Just on the amateurs. Very interesting points there yeah. indeed, and I think a lot on. of people seem to overlook the fact that, as Tom points out there, people gather in a house to watch these games on the television or the local games on the GA websites. The houses are packed in, and I suppose but there's drinks lines as well. Uh, I'm moving that from because there's no, quite do, a lot. No, there's a very Sorry important point yeah. on that. When Tom is right in what he says, I don't disagree with it. But the difficulty with the houses, Tom, if we're really to follow through on what was decided earlier this week, there are fines and there are censors, censures against people that have others into their houses. They can't be implemented, Jesse Jerome. Then they won't be implemented. That is. So the, you're of the view they won't be implemented. They won't be implemented and they so, can't be implemented. So we're really back to the same old, same old, same old. Back that to the people, same thing. But not, even if you don't never had a hurling match, yeah. that, il, that, that strata of people are still going to go to other people's houses. Correct. So where are we, you know? Yeah. Correct. Where are we that's heading? Well, that's the reason why we are what we are like. Yeah. You see, complaints. Now, we have a lot of messages that come in now to... The other program must be over. Uh, that was Pat Noonan. Thank you, Dale Pat, on that one. Michael from Tuller County Clare says, good program, but the chairman comes in too often. Should let the panel do more on show. Thank you very much for that one. The, pa- the chairman is very quiet tonight. <laughs> Indeed, I, I'm very conscious of it's that. Part the panel. Tell me I'm very... <laughs> I'm very conscious of that indeed at all times and I try not to as much as possible. Oh my God. 
<laughs> and indeed, I must say that if you look and listen to some other national radio programs, I have to turn them off because whatever about me being out of line, maybe too often, but at least we go around the table and we try to get one voice at a time and not people two or three talking at the same you're time. Not, you're not on your lawler then. <laughs> which happens in other, which I, I find most irritating and annoying. And so I must say the panels that we have here now for the past two or three years are very orderly indeed. And thank you there, Michael from Tulla in County Clare. And hello, Pat and Panel. I send this text from the high hills overlooking the beautiful village of Knockrow and Carroconders. Can the panel please discuss the latest negotiations on breaks between England and the EU? Congratulations to Pat on winning your Heritage Award. Well deserved. Thank you very much, Mark. And Mark, wrap up, keep in near the fire and have a chair of honey and a glass of warm milk. And don't put your head outside the door because as they say, a bad moon rising for the next six weeks indeed. And the next one is, hello Pat, they had months to prepare hospitals, they failed to lock down, the lockdowns won't work, Helen or Brian. They had indeed Helen, and so they were part in Helen and playing golf and doing all kinds, going on foreign holidays and all those kind of things indeed. Uh, hello Pat, former council boss appointed chairman of Limerick 2030, the chief executive, uh, I'll read it, I haven't read it already, but it's Mike Kilmalik, so he's always very reliable, so I'll chance it, Mike. Former council boss appointed chairman of Limerick 2030, the former chief executive of Limerick City and County Council is due to take up the role of chairman of Limerick 2030. Uh, Con Murray's appointment follows the retirement of Dennis Brosnan, who has served the role for the past four years. Mr. Brosnan was the founding chairman of Limerick 2030 when it was established in May 2016. Uh, we've been so fortunate that Dennis Brosnan has found the chairman of Limerick 2030, and he's been hugely influential in ensuring that we got the wider project off to a really positive start. He brought fantastic track record to the programme, insight and decisiveness, said David Conway, CEO of Limerick 2030. Dennis Brosnan, we all learned so much from him and he sent, set a standard and momentum that we are determined to follow after an incredible career in business. Con Murray, who has served in various roles in local authorities across the country, was appointed dual manager from Limerick City and County Council in August 2012 before taking up the role of chief executive in the amalgamated local authority in 2014. He stepped down as chief executive of Limerick City and County Council in August 2019. Personally, I feel this outrageous. Just goes to show nothing changes jobs for the buys. Mike and Kilmalik, a Lyle East Limerick listener. And Mike, as I said to Mark Tierney a while ago, <clears throat> you pull in by the fire as well and have a good jar of honey beside you and hot milk because things are looking blue for the next six weeks. You're only allowed to put your nose out, I think. So thank you, Mike, there in Kilmalik. Jerome, you'll be familiar with all that. Uh, uh, yes, I was chairperson of Limerick County Council in August 12 when Con Murray came to us from County Louth. And I have always... Came with a bang. He did. I, I would see him as a very good businessman. He has... Not everybody might agree with me, but he has done quite a lot in terms of regenerating Limerick. But things have changed, over, the, particularly with COVID. And I, would, I welcome him back, and I'd acknowledge the good work because Mr Brosnan has done significant work over the period he's been there. So I you think don't think it's outrageous like... Well, I like haven't... Nobody has quoted salary or anything like that. Now, I don't know. I'm not commenting on that part of it. But I think he's as good a person as you could find to head that project because he knows the ins and the outs of it. And there are challenges, Pat, in terms of change, in my view, because 
a lot of what was planned with regard to 2030 is going to pan out to be very, very different from what the expectations were. We will need a lot more living accommodation in the city than was planned, and I think the man that knows the place well is probably as good as you're going to get yeah. to do the job effectively. won't give the topic too much time, so surely, quick. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Yes, yeah, stick, to, stick to West Limerick. Tom, two minutes. If, well, keep I, it as short as you can. We're on ad break time, yeah. Sorry, Pat. Well, I wouldn't be that enamoured with either Brazen or, or Murray, to be honest about it at home, you know. And I'd, I'd like to know what salary that, that, uh, that Kyle Murray's on at the end of the day. And it, these people, I think, have, have actually now taken control of what happens within the city away from the councillors who, who Jerome has been a very, very active and a, and a senior councillor within the city and county now. So to be honest about it is that um, this 2030 project, like to me, is a real, a real, has been a white elephant. Millions have been borrowed, millions have been spent. There hasn't a house been built, I'd say, as a result of it. All monies at the moment have been directed into the, into the, the, the hanging gardens. We've dispute, we have discussed that here numerous times. There are county council right, directors right. on the hanging gardens. I don't think they have a tenant there. There's, now it is going to go, there will be millions spent in the opera centre. And uh, I mean, millions, again, of taxpayers' money, of, of money that's, that's been borrowed on behalf of the people in Limerick, uh, of the city and county, the only taxpayer who, who there are huge, huge, in actual fact, uh, problems with the city itself, city centre, the housing situation in Limerick overall and in the county. Con Murray has, 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 has been here long enough. I don't think that, that, he, that we'd be shouting his praises from the hills at all. I don't think he actually, actually to be honest about it, I think that uh, he has subdued, I think, the actual the progress in Limerick City because he has taken away and taken control of the council. Well, Now, Tom, I'm, I'm um, definitely blocking you now, so Michael and Tuller will be definitely in head now because I'm pausing you there. I'm We're going Tuller. to an ad break we're going to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly and that particular topic will be on and on and on for many a week to come so we'll hold that one folks and we'll be back to you shortly after an ad break county views is brought to you by tynan o'donovan solicitors limerick and newcastle west for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 tynan o'donovan solicitors tod you are listening to the podcast of County Views, is broadcast on the 21st of October 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Shirley O'Regan and Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. And the next uh, message here is, Pat, don't read this out. That one always gets up my nose. <laughs> 
Natalie Owen did not put down the empty, but they don't want it even read out. They just want a bit of advice from me. And it's not criticising me or anything. No, it's about some the topics of the day. Michal Martin stated weeks ago that he wanted the GA Championship to go ahead for the mental well of older people who live on their own. Mike Barrett, your Joe back enters again soon, some night, Mike. So Michal Martin stated weeks ago that he wanted the GA Championship to go ahead for the mental well-being of older people who live on their own. Did anyone ever tell Michal Martin that as many of these games were put out on Sky and things like that, that uh, many of the older people in the room couldn't even see the bloody things. Yeah. Well, that is true that not everybody has Sky, but uh, I would like to think that they'll go out on RT, that they'll be able to see it in their our own national television channel if they are if they are to be. That's the way it used to be, anyhow, whatever happens yeah. now in mm. the new setup. Shirley? They don't, yeah, they don't all go out on RT anymore. I, don't, I think very few of them do. Yeah. Sky yeah, was Sky the one that yeah. has the, the, the biggest book, yeah. so they've, they've got them. Money, Tom. Well, we sort our soldier. That's what happened. And I mean, my Barrett is is in a very, very strong position to if you know that. And I'd like to, to wish Mike well. And I heard his request for Chris Droney. His request for his piece and paying tribute to Chris Droney there recently. And well done, Mike. And that he was a one nice boss. To me, one of the best men in the whole of Ireland. A brilliant man. And it was great to have him acknowledged by someone from West Limerick. And um, I think myself that to be honest about it the day you see the jail like I've got away with murder really and to be handing them out millions every year with other sporting organisations that have that have already millions packed away I mean it's an absolute disgrace and, and I've, I've always queried that and questioned it and to be and when they sold out the sky that's when they, they weren't too worried about the mental about the, the mental state of the nation Yes, indeed, Tom. And now we're back on the machine again. Hi, Pat and Tom. So glad you're on. As I was thinking about this new lockdown, I thought you wouldn't be there. So it's great to hear your nice show and listen to what's going on. And nice to hear Jerome back. And it's wonderful to hear Shirley. She sounds so bubbly and lovely. I just love her. And sure, as long as my lovely Tom is safe and well, I'll be okay. And congrats to yourself, Pat. You deserve it all. Polly the port and a big kiss for Tom. This is Tom. Hey, Polly. Polly. <laughs> what about poor old Jerome and myself? <laughs> Hello, Pat. Can the panel please discuss the latest on the American presidential campaign? President Donald Trump foregoes his preparation for the final debate with Joe Biden as he heads for the rally in Pennsylvania instead for Mike Helvey in Abbey Field. Did he say, Jerome, the other day, that uh, Gucci, that medical expert in America, did he say he was an idiot or something? Oh, he did. Fucci. Fucci yeah. yeah. But uh, some people wouldn't uh, agree today, now with what today, he said. Uh, some, some people now would be criticising Trump. But yeah. he equally, one could say it here as well about a lot of more idiots. They spend months telling us not to wear a face mask and all the reasons why you should not wear a face mask. Now they're spending months and millions telling us why we should wear a face mask. So there's unbelievable amount of contradictions oh absolutely pushed the last and in the reverse yeah I'm not sure they didn't press the issue of the need to wear a face mask in time in my view but getting back to the American election and uh, their uh, equivalent of our uh, uh, medics here uh, Mr. Fucci today he came out sorry Mr. Trump came out and said he was a fantastic man but he wasn't a team player Okay, 
which meant I'm the captain, forget about the, the advisor, okay? Now, they, that's, that man really was ridiculed by Trump on so many occasions, as probably happened to uh, the man who came back and decided to make a, a press release a day before he was he had actually taken up his... Dr. Tony Holden, you referred to, yeah. yeah. Like, they, they let the cat out of the bag a day before uh, Dr. Holden was officially so, back. So Dr. Holden had been highly respected. Yes. And the man who didn't know when midnight, whether it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night, mm-hmm. he was the guy who decided to take him apart and undermine his position really but to the people of Ireland. undermined him. But in some respects, though, they should have had a consultation between the politicians and Neffet people. That's where that went wrong. Because <clears throat> coming out... Yeah. Coming out uh, into the media was really scaremongering. And we were scaremongering the people that we've been through this before, the compliant. The ones that didn't give a monkey's weren't going to give a monkey's one way or the other. But the American election is what you're... Yes. Uh, very interesting, I think, in well in excess of 30 million people have already voted two weeks in advance. And that is beating the record that was set in 2008 when Barack Obama became president. Donald Trump, <coughs> Tom's favourite, yeah, Shirley. So what do we think? Do we think that he's, he's heading for victory again? I think, I think he probably is. Do you think? Doubt it, says Croker. Do you? I, I, I'd, I'd like to doubt it. <laughs> mm. If the numbers that have voted early are anything to reckon on, there's a probability that he's in trouble. I'd, I'd like to think he's in trouble, but, you know, <coughs> there still are enough... enough oh, people. yeah, yeah. You know, I think it will be close. Yeah, you see, the problem with America, middle America doesn't realise that there's an east and a west coast to the country and that there's a world outside of America. That's it. It's, it's, it's now, I have two text messages here. I'll take them, and I hope I'm not breaching any regulations, surely, with the BAI in this one. Hi, Pat. Is that auction still on Saturday? <laughs> Following the ad while ago. And it is. Nowadays, with the online, everything is literally gone online. So I'll be sitting all on my own, looking at a wall and talking to microphones and cameras. <laughs> And we'd be going worldwide, the, all in my own. The last time I was at an auction, the auctioneer stood in a butter box. You weren't there in a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the late Sean Magno, God rest his soul, we could tell, we could write a book on the comments that he passed in the auctions about dif- different pieces and different things. Quite entertaining. I agree with Shirley. We had the COVID almost beaten back in June. Then restrictions were gradually lifted and a lot of people decided that restrictions are no longer necessary. This time round, it will be hard to get people to comply. We are all weary of it. Joan Indrum Collar. Now, Tommy, we're coming around to you there on Donald Trump. Well, it's a sad situation. I've I, I followed politics all my life. I had a huge interest in politics, international politics, and particularly Russia, you know, Canada, U, UK, all over Europe and America. To see an, an, a pure idiot and an imbecile running the free, in charge of the free world. God help us. I mean, and God help, as if it says, God bless America, is what they usually think. Is it just God bless America? Well, well God help them anyway. 
if they're yeah, if, if he's re-elected again. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's a nasty bit of work. He's a, he's a liar, and he's everything, every kind of a contradiction that I've ever seen in a person. And to see him last night praying, be it all out, and they're rubbing him, and Philip putting their hand on his shoulder, and kind of they say he was a saint, that he had a, that he had a healing power or something. It's sad to see it. And, and only for CNN, like, I mean, who are really watching every move he does, I mean, and letting the people of the world know the type of, a, of an individual he is like. I mean, and as Michelle said, it's quite possible that he could be re-elected. And it will be an indication of, of where America is going, downhill big time. And as the leader, uh, the, the leader of the free world with a, nuclear, with a nuclear button in his hand, God Almighty, what's going to happen to the world itself? The COVID thing, this COVID thing will be only minuscule in comparison to, to what he can what the recklessness of him is unbelievable. Now, at NCT, I'll move away from that. And the national care testing, I thank Alan Lynch, one of our volunteers here with us. And, of course, Shirley also does a pile of research for me also on the different programs here. The national care testing service is to continue to operate during Level 5 restrictions. The extension of the NCT date due date supplies only to vehicles with a test due on the 28th of March 2020 or later. Cars first registered the 1st of August 16 are not eligible for the four-month extension. Tests must be booked online and paid online. Paid online. 2020 was statistically the worst year for the NCTs because during its short history, a, a, a fault found on car lifts in test centres outside the Republic of Ireland led to a major inspection of all service lifts. All NCT centres closed in March and opened in July. Due to delays, commercial vehicles were pri- prioritised initially. Service lift failure coupled with COVID restriction caused unprecedented delay to testing. All service lines are now operational again as of September. This is the topic here I want to discuss with you. Uh, license renewal. National driving license service centres nationwide will remain open and all of those with booked appointments can continue to attend. All those 70 years and over who have previously presented at an NDLS centre in the last five years and whose licence or permit is due for renewal will receive a renewal pack in the post and be invited to apply by post. Driving licence will will expire date the 1st of March 31st of August 2020 have been automatically extended by seven months in total. No extension is granted from September 1st onwards. The exemption has been put in place until the 31st of December 2020 and means that no medical report is required for over 70s unless they have one of the conditions specifically listed on the licence renewal application form. If you are under the age of 17 and have a full licence, you can apply at blah, 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 blah. Now, I fall into that category, Jerome, the old age pension category, mm-hmm. and my licence is expired. So any guard friend of mine out there waiting for me, if he catches me on the way home, he'll but I'm, get penalty because for, my licence is expired. Yeah. So I'll continue anyhow. But I went to apply for my licence last night, and the earliest date I could get to attend Limerick Centre was the 13th of December. Yeah. I remember the days when the country was supposed to be fairly badly off and we had a county council office and you could walk in with your yes. money and you got a licence there and in the spot. This, I believe, is unbelievable. So I didn't want to be waiting that long because I didn't know this thing was in place. So I got to go to Innes on the 13th of November, which is quite a distance away as well. To go to Innes. 
I, I think What's it that? is mind-boggling, in it, my opinion, it, Jerome. It, am I losing it? No, I wouldn't disagree. But, but I wouldn't disagree with you. But having heard what you read there, it would indicate that you don't really not need to go anywhere. That they're going to write you and extend it. But I didn't get it. Yeah, but give them time. It sent. Give them a little bit of time. When is it ex- <laughs> due to expire, Pat? When is it August. <laughs> so it's expired since August. Well, I was yeah. lucky to read in that period, the, anyhow. The, the, the question I would have is that those, so the people between March and September got an automatic seven-month seven extension. Months, yeah. But from what's September being done for the people from September to, for September, October, yeah. November now? Because, please, we're, we're going into lockdown. They should be getting an extension as well. And you mentioned another interesting point there, or in terms of paying online. Yeah. Now you look at our older people. They uh, there are a lot of people out there that know nothing about doing X, Y, or Z online, and they'll be told go around to Pat O'Donovan, your neighbour, and get, use his IT to pay it online. <laughs> That's a complete contradiction as well. Yeah. So. You know, Leo Varricker was right on one thing when he said certain things weren't talked through. There's two examples of it there. Shirley, I, I thought I could pay it online, but I couldn't pay it online. You can't? I was simply certain sure that I could have cut Does my license. Does that imply that you, you no, must you had pay to, it online? No, you have to get this appointment yeah. job, whatever it is all about. So why are they... You're young and you're well up on all these technologies. I'm kind of just lost it. I can't follow to be here. Because I and Tom Ryan and people of our age, we used to go into the local county council office. There was a lady usually inside. You gave her the money and you got your licence and home you went. There, there yeah. was another thing mentioned there earlier. Somebody came in on Brexit, which we didn't comment on. Yeah. But the listeners out there, and you need to be telling people this, anybody that's still on any, any UK licence will have a problem on the 31st of December, which is only about 10 weeks away, if they don't get their licence transferred, transferred to Irish, in the yeah, interim yeah. period. Now, before I get to you, Tom, am I going to you, Shirley, on that if you didn't get in yet? And the licences? I spent some time in England when I was small, Tom, otherwise known as young, and I did a driving test there. And I paid five English pounds. And you still have your license. And it brought, well, I wish I'd have it if I wasn't over 70. <laughs> I had it from that time, Tom, at 21 years of age until I was 70 years mm-hmm. of age, an English license for a five pound note. Well, I, I, I changed mine last year when I was aware of Brexit. Yeah. So I, I, Did I charge you? What's the charge 50 now? quid was what I paid now, for the license here. Yeah. Now, Shirley, sorry for that bit of information, but a fiver for England for life was the price of my license. So what do, what do they want you to do now? I'm unclear. Like, if they're supposed to be sending you a pack and they haven't sent you a pack and you're supposed to be able to pay online but you can't pay online, what do they want you to do? Wait until November, December? I just don't know. What, don't like, know. What, what's... Tom, you're a very intelligent man and you're up and doors. Can you follow all this, carry on? I'm glad I'm not old enough to, to <laughs> Thanks, Pat, for <laughs> saying I'm an intelligent man. You're driving the ever said it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confused, actually. And, you know, the, the one aspect of it, Pat, that I, I'm totally ignorant of IT and anything. I just can barely use the phone and answer it. I can't send a text and I have no inter- interest in it. Let's go into, go into Polly and she'll give you a good course on how to text. Polly <laughs> now, is, Polly, if you're not asleep, Polly. Polly Polly. I go into Polly when, when I can because I invested <laughs> my ambition to visit Polly. Uh, but, Pat, the one aspect of all this is, you know, and you and it's a very important point that you're after the run up there, Pat, is the penalty point issue here, Pat. 
you know, and the application and the, and, and when we meet the, the, the road traffic core and all that, I would sincerely hope like, that, that, the, that the information and the advice coming out from Garda headquarters and particularly to the road traffic core, that they would, be, they would consider or, or take all this into account and to in, ensure that no one was, like, I mean, inconvenienced or summoned or had their license and their points, like, I mean, raised as a result of what's going on there now because it's an absolute disgrace, to be honest about it. And someone has to be held account for that. And Pat, when you mentioned that, you know, I, I'm a small bit ignorant about this, about the, the, who actually has responsibility locally for licences. Is that the council? Like the NCT is given out to some private outfit. It's franchised. Yes. yes. Franchised out. It's yeah. franchised out. That's the, yeah. Probably a Spanish I, Because I got a bit confused like with the taxation, car tax, and... And the licensing. So the licensing now is a franchise, the same as NCT. Nationally. Nationally, yeah. Whereas previously it was, within the, the, gas, it was within the remission of the local authorities. Yes, all those the service from it would look to be appalling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but but, but I, I haven't heard the, the debate in the papers. <coughs> all I didn't hear anyone, anyone talking about it, and they're shouting around about issues about that. That's crucial, like, absolutely crucial, because, I mean, penalty points now are... Really, I went. Know. I went out to Limerick Road today, or came in it from the Clare side this evening, and there was on, on the far side there was a very long queue, and there was one guard checking coming in after Joel Carsway, mm-hmm. which was one only. And on my way back in, then I had four big blue signs: stop guard checkpoint, etc. Four of them. I hadn't seen any car with the guard when I was looking at the other side on my way out, but the four signs were there anyway. And I have no idea what the guard was going. I rang up the station to know about the missing one, but I got no reply at that either. There was no guard to be seen, but all the signs were there. You know. mm. Now, there's a long one here, from, and I hope I'll get it done in the five minutes. I don't know why you send me long ones. I suppose it is understandable then. Hello, Pat. I send this text from the beautiful location of Knock Row. This is an outstanding poem on the COVID-19 virus written last March by Tom Ryan's brother, Willie Ryan. COVID-2020. In February 2020, we sat up and took note. It was after the election we had all cast our vote. No clear-cut majority, Fine Gael, Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil. What were we to do? Mayhem in the doll. We thought we had a problem, a government to find, but COVID-19 struck the world and more things were on our mind. It started off in China in a place called Wuhan, but all around the world the virus would fan. Now, here in Ireland, you couldn't go outside the door. Self-isolating is our mantra as never before. Hotels, pubs and restaurants have all closed their doors. Who would have thought it would come to our shores? No children at school, loads of jobs on the line. And now, that's where I lost it, Tom. Um, Our doctors and nurses, their level best trying Testing for the virus has set our country a great task. Wash your hands, keep apart, and don't forget your mask. Queues everywhere, people stockpiling for later. Empty shelves in the shops, no more toilet paper. Social distancing all over. The order of the day, COVID-19, that dreadful virus, is it here to stay? Many people will die. That's not an idle threat. We have got to play our part. Physical distancing, don't forget. Our churches are closed, no priests saying mass, no mourners at funerals, please let this plague pass. 
No weddings, no games, no planes in the sky, thousands out of work, sure it would make you cry. Children at home, bored out of their mind, labs working round the clock, a cure for to find. The end of the world, don't spread doom and gloom, the camp before the storm, get back to normal soon. Let's control this virus, let's do what we're told, wash your hands, stay apart and look after the old. We all well, we all will remember, but lest we forget, the Irish were a tough race. We never died a winter yet. It's in our hands, our future on the line. Help protect one another, and we'll all be fine. Leo played a blinder. Simon Harris from zero did enhance. Michal Martin, Mary Lou, I feel you lost your chance. Tolly Hulahan, CMO, has become an overnight hit. At the, as the numbers keep rising daily, get out your PPE kit. So wash your hands and stay at home. Don't venture out coughing and sneezing your elbow. Don't spread it about. Stay safe and healthy. We'll come through this plague. How long will it last? We'll have to be vague. I don't know how long this is going to last either, lads, because it's rolling up. No hugs and kisses. We can't take that chance. When all this is over, I return to romance. So wash your hands, stay apart, social distancing all round. Let's hope something time soon a vaccine will be found. We have to stay positive, fight this threat together, support one another like birds of a feather. Work for home, stay safe, venture out less and less. It's only the way we're told this virus to depress. A two-week lockdown, please all stay at home. Until Easter Sunday, beyond two kilometres, don't roam. Leo has spoken once more, we have to sit up and take note. Wash your hands, stay apart, don't miss that boat. You can go to the shop and collect your pills. No social gathering, the cause of our ills. We have to try this dreaded virus to stop. Our health service will collapse, even flop. Wash your hands, stay at home and keep to yourself. It won't be long, plenty of food on the shelf. Everything we touch, we have to wipe down. Stay healthy, mind yourself and don't act a clown. Pat, I could get shot by Willie for sending this to you, but I... But you have to read it now. Mark Tierney, Carol Connellis. I was only afraid, Mark, that we were until five past eleven. I was still stuck in the middle of it. But I must compliment Willie Ryan. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Very good, yeah. Very so well it, sums, it sums it up, really. It sums it up. Uh, your listener must have spent the entire duration of the programme typing that for you. It was, I think it was, is he a bit of a poet or a writer? That's very, very uh, good. I might say, I couldn't describe him as a bit of a poet. He's a registered poet. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be challenging I mean, Polly, I think, at the moment. Polly, Polly you're up Well done. Today, very, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually hear it before, but he, he's, just, he, oh, he, oh, he's, he's, he's brilliant, actually, at writing, and he's, he's in great demand for funerals, unfortunately, oh, like, for writing about people's, you know, he has, he has a few written about me, but they won't be written my funeral anyway. <laughs> Ask him to read the obituary to Common Sense, just published in the Times of London a number of years ago, and it's extremely apt. Yes. It just sums up the passing of Common Sense as though somebody called Common Sense had passed on. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Uh, don't <coughs> forget the clocks go back this weekend. Mike in Kilmallock, is it midnight, Mike, or is it Friday night, or is it Saturday night, or is it the next day? To be clear, it's at 2 a.m., so midnight won't confuse any of us. Ring Leo there for the midnight turn back. Hi, Pat and panel, I'm just, oh, hi, Pat and panel, I'm just in, so I missed most of the programme, read the GN rugby matches. Do they not realise that asthmatic 
players, asthmatic players, going up for balls and tackling each other while puffing and panting is the ideal way for the virus to spread as regards the rest of us. We're locked in, washed out, done down and stressed out, and but we must smile through it all. Laughter is the best medicine. Mike Reardon, sound man Mike, sound man Mike. Watch that bus, Mike, and keep it very ready and steady. Uh, great show again tonight. Enjoyed listening to the wide variety of topics, Sarah, in Kilkishan County, Clare. Thank you, Sarah, for that. And I got my license to leave, Pat, no trouble, but you have to pay by credit card, Mike. And he didn't say anything to me about credit card, Mike, but I'm like Tom Ryan. I, I have an old-fashioned phone. I don't have any credit card, but the wife would give me the loan of us when I'm at least stuck. Or maybe a neighbour down there in North Quay. Remember to social distance. Jerome tells me anyway, I have seven months now. Have I, Jerome, you to play around with it? And I think that's kind of it. Have you any quick comment, Tom, on anything? We're going over our time at 11 o'clock. Uh, well, I'd just like to say, Pat, I'd like to compliment your... Your wife uh, and her and her correspondence and her letter to the to Daily Mail, and and a huge important issue to the British letter, and I must com- compliment her on it and uh, on the on the new wave and the new debate now that's on the end of life and uh, you know that has was being proposed. It is it was she has put she put it together brilliant and uh, I hope that people will take note of it. Yes, I must read that publication as well. And I would say, Pat, we mentioned it there, that it's up to every one of your listeners to stay safe and mind everyone else, young and old. Well, absolutely. It's, it's as you said earlier, it's, it's a matter of civic responsibility, you know, and just personal responsibility. Like, it's, it's for everybody, you know. We could go on for another hour, folks, because it has very serious consequences, as Tom and Miss said here from the world go. This is going to be very, very serious. People thought, like the soccer match, they think it's all over there in the middle of June and July when they went wild. Your people renting properties, renting houses. They have no jobs, they have no income, business premises that are rented. The tenant can't afford to pay, they have no income, they can't afford to pay the landlord. The landlord is getting no payment, he's supposed to pay the bank. It's very serious, Jerome. It's extremely serious. serious. And now, and people in business, there are very good supports, and in the interests of the economy of Limerick, listeners out there and every business person in the county should apply for the various COVID supports. Because just for as an example of it, take a property that with a rateable valuation of a rateable bill of up to five hundred quid, which is very small. They can get obviously if they're in, if they're uh, turnover falls by 25%, granted to the extent of 9,240 quid to help them. That is very significant. Folks, that money is coming from the Exchequer. County Limerick needs it. So make sure everyone avails of what they can take. It's gone well over the time, folks, and midnight tonight, I believe, is really when this lockdown comes in at 12 o'clock, and you're supposed to stay indoors in five kilometres. And mind your slipper and all of that type of thing. So we would, again, wish people every health and happiness and safety. And we hope, Tom, Ryan and I and panel, hope to continue here each Wednesday night. As we said at the outset, it's probably more important now that people are kept 
entertained with a general kind of a topic which, as I say, we have a huge listenership and a huge amount of comments from people and a huge amount of messages every Wednesday night. So hopefully we will be back. Into, it's our plan and intention at this point in time to be back. As I said, the, the station doesn't run itself. It's a community radio station and we need money and we would suggest to people maybe now the 50-50 draw. A lot of the shops where we were selling the tickets will be gone that if you decide to stick a five or a ten or into an envelope, whatever, it would be appreciated and it would help to pay the bills and we will decide in the coming few days whether we hold it every month or every fortnight, whatever, because we need the fund. As I said about the business and, pay and people, the bills still have got to be paid even though you're locked up. So folks, take care, God bless and hopefully we'll be back to you again on next Wednesday night. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 21st of October 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. Shirley O'Regan and Jerome Scanlon join Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie